Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 657, recording today, Wednesday the 17th of February 2021, as we're starting to see a bit of spring-like air, uh, which is fortunate because the boiler packed in at the office uh, the day on Monday, and I've been sitting here with a heater under my desk because uh, it's bloody freezing. Even though it's not as cold as it could be, it could be a lot worse. But anyway, this isn't really about home economics and uh, plumbing. This is the podcast to do with music technology and all things to do with making, creating, consuming uh, software, synthesizers, music production, uh, live performance where many of us can, streaming as well because that's all part of it. And I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. We've got our friends over in the YouTube chat room. You now see we've got a little QR code which if you scan that it'll take you to the chat. Uh, which might be useful, although you can see it if you're there. And also uh, our friends over at IRC. And uh, we've got, we're also streaming via Twitch and via um, Facebook Live, and some of the comments will show up there. So we do have a variety of chats coming in. I do try and keep hold of it. I want to say thank you very much to everybody for, uh, well, first, actually, I'll say thank you very much to our friends over at Isotope. Uh, if you want to avail yourself of the 10% saving, use the code SONIC10 over at Isotope isotope.com forward slash sonic talk and that applies to pretty much everything they've got including i understand bundles uh, they've created a special landing page which as i said is isotope.com forward slash sonic talk where you can get in there pick up your code and if you're going to buy any isotope stuff that would be the place to go and that i think that applies on top of any discounts they might already be running although there may be some if they're doing you know 90 percent off they wouldn't give you an extra 10 percent because that would be um free, <laughs> which probably wouldn't be the case. Anyway, um, I also want to say uh, if you're fancy supporting us over on Patreon, we've got our Patreons running. We've got a number of new things up there. I've put some polyboot patches up because the editor's just been posted. Uh, I've also uh, post another little studio tour where I talk about some of the new things I've set up in the studio. Uh, if you want to join us there, it's patreon.com slash sonictalk. All support's very much welcome. It means we can uh, continue to do what we do and expand. As I say, I've been doing lots of stuff on the uh, um, uh, on the workflow. So, uh, yeah, please do join us. Thanks very much, everybody. Right, um, well, we have uh, only one guest this week because uh, last-minute change of arrangements, but it's great to have you. Charles Chicky Reeves, chickyandcoco.com, uh, music producer, uh, writer... Uh, mix engineer, live performer, well, live mix engineer, not so much of that now, I guess, but uh, in your studio yeah. in London. How are you, Chicky? You okay? I'm doing very well. Things are good. Um, like I said, since the beginning of the pandemic, it's been nicely busy, which is good. Uh, not There aren't any live shows, as you and I were just talking about, but I've been I've been nimble and able to adapt like a like a reed in a, in a river, you know. <laughs> I can, yeah, well, I can bend key, without breaking. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, for some people, it's it, it it seems to have been less of a disruption. For a lot of others, it's been an absolute nightmare. As you know, lots of live performers, yeah. and I guess a lot of your work previously was touring. You know, which is just gone completely at the yes. moment. Yeah, I, I, it's been. I guess I was touring about five to seven months out of the year. So. Right. Uh, so that that's the luckily I've been able to compensate, you know, income wise by by doing mixing, because mixing has actually gotten so much easier to do in this current environment. Like before, uh, and we might talk about this too. Uh, but uh, before, it would be I'd have clients, for example, who oh, you sound like your phone's 
picking kicking off at the moment. You just had a little bit of a a bit of you know that that thing that it does. You know that. I, oh, I, I just got a notification that you're streaming on Twitch. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, my fault. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it, because uh, it used to be like clients, for example, I, I think I've even said this on previous shows, clients would think, okay, we want to we want to go to London to, to mix this album or mix this track. We've got to you know, book the hotel. We've got to do flights and, you know, set the time aside. And now because they can't really go, they can't fly from California or Texas or Georgia or New York or wherever they're coming from, or even from, from Europe, they can't fly here. So they, they, they go, okay, fine, we'll do the online thing. And then it's something they can kind of book last minute. And because it can do everything last minute and they don't have the expense of hotels and the expense of flying, mm. They're booking a lot more sessions with me. So that's working out a well, lot I suppose, better. I suppose also they could be more ad hoc, can't they? Because lots of people kind of will try and finish everything so that it's ready to go in one go. But that's not as we know. I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit. You know, things are changing a little bit. You know, maybe an album is not so appropriate and they're just thinking, well, I've got two tracks ready. Let's go with those, see how it goes. And then, you know, if the reaction's good, I'll get the rest done and then they can come back to you and do that. So I suppose there's quite a lot of uh, it's just f fitting in with, with the changing workflows and the changing dynamics. It's, I mean, very That's right. fortunate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, you know, the, the, the release schedule um, paradigm that's been around for decades, you know, the, you release music, you know, on a Friday, you have this, you know, say 10 to 20 week, Buildup of marketing apparatus, appar 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 apparatuses. That sounds right. Yeah, something like that. And um, you know, you, you do a whole album and so forth. People that I, at least all the people I work with, they've completely changed their attitude towards music and the way it's released and, and and what they and how they think of it. They don't think of things as albums or EPs or anything like that. They think of songs as content, additional content. Yeah, well, you know, if you, you got a YouTube channel, you got to have content. That's how you generate income, and which means you can make some money, so that you can you keep doing what you love doing, which is making videos or making music or whatever. And so they think, okay, well, we've got to generate some content for this month. Let's have a new song, and so they do all the production on a new song, or they do a song every two weeks, or you know, and then and then they have a, a release schedule around that, some of which involves you know marketing on. Instagram and YouTube and then Spotify and things like that. But generally speaking, the my clients are starting to think about music as content, not product, but content. And they just want to give the best content they can. And then they get out of, there. Yeah. Instead of spending a year putting an album together, they, they're, they're just doling think, out that time. Yeah, I, you know what? I think, singles. I think in some ways that, cause that's, Back back in the day, I mean, this is a, a bit tangential, but I think it's all appropriate. When I I started, you know, I, I was working on albums, I'm working on CD-ROMs, things which had massive creative cycles. You know, you could finish, you could, it would take you maybe two years, and then there might be six months of messing around, getting the deal in place, getting the, you know, all of that stuff. And now the, the fact that we can just kind of go, hey, I just did this great you know, little improvisation, or I've just, I did a track yesterday and I just go, and here it is, you know, that this, this shorter creative cycle and the fact that you could get immediately to the sort of 
what do you think phase and see whether people like it. it that's quite liberating, I'd imagine, as an artist. You know, I'm not that. Yeah, yeah I think I think it's great. I, I love it. I I love also well when we're doing mixes too, you know, we'll mix a song and then we'll do obviously several different mixes and th each of those will be different releases and you know and it it's there's not this pressure of like oh we got to have a whole album where everything has to fit a certain way uh and when tracks get mastered we master for the track what's best for the track not necessarily how it's going to work on an album you know if they decide to release an album fine we, we, we'll do a master for the album mm. and you know sometimes you have crossfades and things like that but generally speaking everyone's thinking about the importance of the individual song and i I think you think about like what got us to the whole album thing was now I, I may be wrong and our, our our viewers can correct me on this if I am wrong, but so much of it is like, oh, you have this piece of vinyl, you've got to have a certain amount of music, you got to fill it out. Otherwise, you know, people feel chipped. You yeah, know? yeah, I suppose so. The right so word. You, maybe you do <laughs> but, less filler as a, as a yeah. result. So you actually kind of get the quality into yeah that's an interesting thought i mean i think there's lots of lots even of cds like what would you do 12 to 15 songs on a cd because if you if you paid whatever the physical cost was of the cd you know plus whatever the record company wanted to tack on and you only had one song on there or three songs you would feel a little ripped off so oh let's put 12 to 15 on there and three of which are probably pretty good and the rest are pretty it's interesting uh, it's it's mixed i mean i, I know that uh, that some people are saying in the chat that they really that the album and the uh, is the way to go uh, and you know that's fair enough. I think. I mean, I just think that you know, for some people, it's different how you how you feel about it. We've we talked about this in the past, but uh, well, let, let's let's move on to uh, get into some topics. And uh, one of the first things that I noticed uh, this and this may well uh, uh, okay. That's not <laughs> that too. Yeah, that's that's kind of a drag. That's not actually. Are not actually showing up as I thought it would. Uh, where's that gone? Uh, that's that's kind of not so cool. Hold on. Uh, oh damn it! That seems like well, I was I'll explain it. Lander sessions. <laughs> I was going to play it, oh, but yes. I wonder if uh, <laughs> let me see if it's still working because basically this should be playing because there was yeah that's that's not really happening in the way that I was hoping it to. Okay, well, lander sessions. Anyway, that. Lander, who do this uh, sort of online uh, mastering, it's kind of algorithmic-based, AI-based. They've introduced a plugin uh, which is runs as a service within the DAW. And we've seen this stuff because I know that you use Audio Movers, for instance. Uh, and mm -hmm. what it actually... Uh, I'm just going to try and mute this. I don't know why that's not playing. That's kind of a bit disappointing. Um, so it's a video and an audio plugin that works from within the DAW that gives you video conferencing and high-resolution audio point-to-point -point, uh, or through a meeting. And I haven't had a chance to test it out, but um, this it's designed specifically for uh, the musical collaboration, musical sessions. And it seems like it could be a really good solution. I haven't had a chance to check it out, but it works. It's around about a similar price to Audio Movers, which I think is about three bucks a month, four bucks a month. This is about three, four bucks a month if you buy a year up. Have you... Because I know this is the sort of thing that you're interested in. Because if you're doing a mix session, you can be streaming the mix straight out and have your webcam and then share the screen and flip it around. Have you had a look at that? Yes. Have you have you seen how how it goes? I have. Yeah, I have. Okay, so you you get a 15 minute trial, and it took me about 14 minutes to get it set up and and running. <laughs> then my trial ran out. <laughs> but um, but it is it is uh, it is 
it is cool. So they so typically when I do a session, I so I pay for a Zoom membership or, or yeah, I guess it's called a Zoom. I have a Zoom subscription, so I could have multiple people in a session. Uh, and with Zoom, not only can I see them and talk to them, but I can also uh, I can also share my screen. So if I'm doing, a, say, a Studio One session, I can share the main main Studio One window or whichever window. I can just do the mix window. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but I can I, so I share my my main window with them, and I talk to them through Zoom. But I don't like the audio quality of Zoom. No, it sucks. Yeah, it's really terrible. Um, and so I I I have I usually the usually the way I do is I have the the um, the talking like the I'm trying to think through my whole setup I have on the Mac iMac I have an iMac Pro behind me and I have the speakers on that that's the talking I'm talking to them through the mic but I'm hearing them through those speakers and then through my main uh focal monitors or, or whichever ones I'm using at the time um through those I have my my mix running and then I have an audio movers plugin on it that I send the link to them and then yeah. they can all lo log in. So the, yeah. yeah, that's my usual setup. This seems to combine both of them, which is great. I have no idea if it works works really well because I didn't have enough time on it. Um, I did write to them, uh, but I haven't heard back from them. It's it feels very beta testy right ah, now. Okay, that's a shame. But it but it's okay. It's okay. It, it, I would. If I had another fifteen minutes just to just to try it out because I got the setup now, I mean, I figured out how to adjust things. My only complaints, from what I could tell about it, is so with the, with the audio movers, you can select the quality and the buffer yeah. size of what you're streaming. I didn't see a way to do that on on this. Yeah, because latency, because audio movers, you can get latency right down, and and also, I guess the other thing is with the audio movers, you could stream one to many, so you give lots of people the URL. Whereas this seems to be point to point, and you both have to be, or all the people involved in the meeting also all have to have a subscription. Is that right? I think that's right. That's what I'm wondering because and I asked. I haven't heard back from them yet. I, uh, but I'm wondering that because, so I had I had a version of, of. Uh, I, so I, I send it to my other computer. I, I'm, I have you know two different computers here. So I, I send it to my laptop and then logged in under a different name on the laptop, and just to see how it was working. And it it was working at that last minute. It was working, and then suddenly the 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 uh, trial period ran out. Damn! But uh, at the end of that trial period, on the receiving end, it kept trying to get me to upgrade to Pro to get more than fifteen minutes. To which I was thinking, okay, so is it? Does everybody receiving and sending have to have subscriptions? So I, I couldn't yeah, quite I tell. That's I, I don't find any of those. That might about. be that might be the the problem. I think they need to make it. Uh, they would need to make it. If you have the license, you can send it to people. But I I don't know how that would work. Whether you can, but well, I'll have to see. Yeah. But, uh, the sort of it's, Zoom it's, model it's, in which you know one of you can have the the, the license because you can create the longer meeting yes. and do all of that stuff, and then the other person can just consume because that would be would make more That's sense. That's right. Yeah, uh, it's if if they if they have it like right now the price is I think thirty nine pounds for mm. a year. Audio movers, if I remember correctly, is ninety nine dollars for a year, and. Zoom was one hundred twenty five, one hundred twenty nine dollars. I think I, I may yeah. be wrong about the prices, but it's somewhere around there. So it 
it would be dramatically cheaper. Yeah, and but would, it would be dramatic. I mean, uh, the, I would point out that Ian J. Cole in the chat room has said, you know, pro audio mode in uh, um, in Zoom is actually pretty good. But I've never really – it's quite finickety because there's stuff which it tries to echo cancel and you get – when you're speaking, yes. you get all this kind of it, – it's really hard to get it to be absolutely spot on. And and I've, right. I, I've done a lot of this and I've never found a really, really – peachy one what i've done in the past like you i've just had someone audio mover me the the audio and i've used zoom for the screen because the screen broadcast is fantastic in uh, zoom yes. it's really really good resolution so that works really, really well. good resolution and it's and the audio is fine for talking uh i don't the the oh here's a bit of advice for anybody out there who is doing this type of setup um you know, one of the one of the ongoing problems is someone decides not to not to mute their mic whenever the music yeah. starts playing. They want to hear it on speakers, but they don't. Want, they keep forgetting to mute their mic. So I've I found a solution, and that solution is you tell your clients: don't think of you need to mute your mic when the music is playing. Think of you need to <coughs> unmute the mic when you have something to say. <laughs> well, I think the, so, the, the the way to fix that would be to figure out a way to be to have their. Uh, ascend or you know so that you could just mute anything that's going back to them or you know th that kind of stuff i don't know how that would work but yeah i think well i've got a stream deck which i use that's what i use to open up zoom anyway so i bet there's a way why well, I, I shouldn't say i bet there's a way i hope there's a way that i can set up because i have two spare keys on it right now i hope that there's a way i can assign a key that would be like a mute on and off for the session the, for for the session yeah and and like i could tie it into like even a play button because i have a, a play button set up on there that works oh, on yeah. all my dolls it's all so, about it's all about the workflow isn't it it's all about the i mean and this this kind of stuff is yeah. so nerdy but i i am so in that world at the moment because i've been doing all of that stuff setting all of these things i i think i dropped my input i actually have got the uh the video now uh here oh, good. Uh, and, and uh it's just it does i mean if it looks a bit beat i mean i think the thing is is they're going up against somebody like zoom zoom is so easy and such a, it's sort of in the lexicon of people's lives now and um, to bring something else yeah. in you and particularly if it is going to be for audio professionals it needs to have audio professional type controls you know yeah it needs to be really simple for those who don't but i mean if you're operating a daw you're probably going to have some tech now and it's not going to be for the faint-hearted i would say so you know that's right don't don't be but, shy lander yeah exactly i i do wish i mean you can't control these sorts of things but it would be it'd be nice if they come out with this about eight months ago yeah, you know, and and their technology. It's not like they're doing. It's not groundbreaking technology at the moment, really. Um, I mean, because like I said, all you were like you said, audio movers. You know, they've been doing it. Zoom's been doing it. Uh, they're just integrating that, and which is which is great. Um, I I don't know how the two way communication thing works because they supposedly have this this uh, you know collaborate sort of sort of setup, but. I've I've not even get, been able to get that to work particularly well on audio movers e either. It, yeah, there's, I don't know. There's too I much. Don't know how that would work? <laughs> too I mean, much this is the, the, the audio routing is the nightmare thing for anybody who's streaming with uh, a, a mic for their video for their camera and also some line audio and mix minus. It's it's that's the hard stuff. Anyway, um, uh, I won't dwell on it too much because it's a little bit nerdy. But I think it's this could it be. You know, it's good. What what I like about it is the fact that somebody's actually kind of gone. Let's make something with this in mind rather than it be a yes. byproduct of a bigger project. So, yeah, that's cool. That's right.
Okay, what else have we got? Ah, yes, we have a little bit of, uh, yeah, well, Mutable Beads uh, was announced. Um, this is a video by um, Mid-Century Modular. Cla I mean, it's, it's, the super, it's the successor to Clouds. Clouds was famously discontinued, and uh, Emily Gillo, who is the, frankly, superstar DSP coder, was kind of a bit peeved that people were just using the reverb because it was so good but she's kept the reverb in the uh, the new beads module so i'm quite pleased about that uh, and this i thought i'd play this because it's a sort of um it's quite cloudy uh, <laughs> in that sort of sense but um i've got the uh, web page up here let's have a look so um beads right there and it's got more dsp power higher resolution a kind of slim, a, a, a more obvious interface, apparently, more memory, more modes, more, just more of everything. And, you know, this is, more, more, more. It, it's a pretty major, um, it's a pretty major module. I mean, mutable instrument stuff, whenever it gets released, it's quite, it's quite a big event. And I, I Ben um, Divkid, he, he said he's working on a video for this now. And he said also, uh, which was a bit of a bombshell, apparently Emily is retiring after this and not doing any more DSP modules. So this is going to be something that's going to be quite, yeah, <laughs> quite a tough. Yeah. It's beautiful sounding. I definitely like that. I, I, I So I, I'm the, the closest thing to modular I get is semi-modular. Let's see, I've got, you know, the grandmother and stuff. <laughs> oh, well, I've got the Mother 32. I forgot about that. I've got that. That's, that's, I guess, kind of, it's not really modular, I guess. But, um, so it's like, like, uh, someone I know said a while back, like, oh, how long ago did you get into modular synths? Oh, about two years ago. And that's basically when I stopped making music because <laughs> it's just such a rabbit hole to dive into. But when I see something like this, I th my thoughts are, wow, I wonder if I could use this live. Like, I just love the richness of that reverb and yeah. to have some, some hard, dedicated hardware unit that I could just, you know, do fire off sends to. That would be... That's not a bad idea. I mean, it's a, I mean, it is designed to be a, a live audio, granular audio processor, which is kind of... I think this is where the the, the sort of legend of uh, Emily getting a bit annoyed that people were only using it as an effect show, which I am purely guilty of. But the freeze and all of that stuff is just so delightful on it that it's it's hard. And as we know, I've got a module which is uh, it's a custom faceplate to celebrate the five hundredth uh, podcast, and very kindly uh, donated by a bunch of uh, Sonic talkers out there. So thank you if you're listening. I do still use it. And th what I did is I decided to I would just I put it in a small case. So it's mm. only that, you know, so I don't get into it. It just gets patched into the system like it's an effects box. So effectively, you just you just use it in that sense. And then you're you you can't get into more modular because your case is so small. Mm. So, OK, so that that so that was sorry, that was for 500. Which episode is this? Is this six, something? six, five, seven, six, five, seven. Gosh, I think maybe the first one I did with you was. I think it was like four one four. I remember. I remember it was like a mic number or something like that. That was gosh, how time flies. But anyway, Amazing. yes, I I love I love the sound of the 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 reverb on this. I'm, I'm not sure I would use it for much more than that. Though. Well, I mean, oh. the, if the buffer's bigger, um, it's got a higher quality mode, but it's also got a lo-fi sort of cassette mode, which means that you can kind of 
grunge stuff up and i guess you could use it like a a, a tape a cassette tape delay as well because you can always use it in that way with the oh, triggers yeah. but i mean it's well, that's very- that's that's what i use the 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 chaos pad for because right. the chaos pad the delay in it is i don't i don't know i don't know exactly what they did but it's it's got a slight amount of modulation but like almost like a flutter modulation and it's a bit lo-fi and kind of grainy it's yeah i i, I love stuff like that and I, I you know i'm i'm really into making well at least for the past couple of months i've been really getting into making tape loops and running them on my four track machine so sometimes when i'm when i'm mixing stuff i'll just get the the you know whip out the four track and just get a bunch of stuff onto a loop and then play that loop back into the session. Sometimes it, it will be echo style stuff or, and so forth. But I, I, I love the sound of, the, of tape things. And I, I, I do have to say, I, I've, I've started liking things that are like cheap digital, cheap sounding digital or low grade digital uh, recreations of that. Like there's a, a Good Hertz makes the uh, Megaverb, which is, a uh at least it's quadriverb but it's a it's a it's a it's a plug-in version of the quadriverb and i gosh i use that on so many mixes and it's got this uh analog and digital thing that you can fade in that's a bit of a bit of that sort of low-grade distortion that you would only get in the analog domain or only get in the digital domain right and it's like it's really great seems on to be the new thing that the the, the lo-fi digital seems to be the way for i used to love driving uh the midi verb really hot just blowing up the inputs and going in because they had yeah. uh, uh, the Miniverb 2. It was uh, preset 45, which was called Bloom, which is very much similar to I, I, I've been using that kind of thing for 30 years, I guess. I mean, I've still got I can't find the power supply for it. And it's a very specific one. So I must uh, I must oh, see if I can you know find what? that. I might have a solution for you because I don't have a MIDI verb and I have a power supply, I think, for one. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've now it's, got it is, I've, I've now it is got American, a rack but... over in my uh, in the corner which has got three U spaces, so I could maybe figure out a way to use that. I don't know whether I'm going it's, to or not. It's like one of those big block wall warts, and then it has like a specialist lead that or a proprietary lead. Yeah, that comes I, out. it's a mini. I think it's a mini jack. The, I, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, I'll have to look. Is, I have a. And I've drawers of of adapters, and I I think <laughs> that was also kind of an unusual voltage, if I remember correctly. I can, yeah, it's been aged. I've got a, I've got a rack that I used to use live, uh, and it's in there, and it's been buried away for for many many years actually. So I haven't uh, I haven't opened it up for an awfully long time. So yeah, I will have to check that, it out. I'll, I'll post it to you. Oh wow, cool! Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't need it. <laughs> ah, <laughs> um, excellent. But yeah, I, so I I love that kind of stuff. I love that sort of lo-fi. I mean, right now, like one of the biggest kinds of music on YouTube is that lo-fi hip hop beats to study slash relax to, you know, the chilled cowl and college music and all those different, those different um, channels. That's, that's the, I love that kind of stuff. You know, everything's got just a bit of grain to it. Everything's Mm. just a bit warbly, you know, that's, that's 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 what I make, you know. It's like if Jay Dilla met Eric Satie and worked on a West Montgomery album together, you know that kind of vibe. Nice, yeah. Well, that's, yes. I, I know what you're saying. It, it it does have a sort of certain appeal to it. Uh, actually, I forgot mm-hmm. to mention um, the podcast. If you haven't already found it, uh, is on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Alexa, iTunes. 
<coughs> many, many places. Um, uh, so, yeah, do check it out there if you're interested. And if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and hit the bell. We've got lots of content going up. I just posted the Orba Artifon, Artifon Orba review. Uh, I'm looking at the Roland uh, Verse Lab, um, which is just here. I don't know if it's uh, yeah. I don't know if it's playing anything. No, I don't think it is. Um, sounds good, but uh, I, I'm discovering that it's it's got lots and lots of um, different m uh, modal uh, methods of input, which makes it really hard to learn because there's the the mode that they use for setting one thing is different to the mode they use for another one, and it's so it's a little bit of a head scratcher, um, but uh, I will be getting around to that eventually. And uh, yeah, there's there's more stuff. We've got uh, the jammy guitar, actually, that Matt Hodson had a look at for us because he's actually a guitarist and he was trying that out. So that's coming up soon. Lots of stuff coming up. Anyway, um, let's take a look at, uh, I mean, got a love that this is in the world, right? This is uh, news that the Colossus, the Analog Solutions, the massive, it's like an EMS synthy, uh, um, type of thing. It's huge, you know, it's like a, a large sofa, 25 grand. They're on their set, their fourth run. They're doing a fourth run of these, which kind of makes you think, wow, there, are there enough people in the world to want this thing? And they, clearly there are. And I just think that it's great that they're able to, so, you know, it's very similar to that kind of idea. They really, it's got 12 oscillators, multiple filters, you get an oscillator in it, as, you know, it's a real statement synthesizer and he's building a new batch. I think you can get them shipped all over the world. It's only about 300 bucks uh, unless you're going to Europe, uh, unless you're going to the US, which is about 15. So, you know, if money, it's not the sort of thing you're buying if you're worried about a few hundred quid for shipping, but amazing that this thing still exists. I don't know. Um, did you get to see it, Chicky, at, uh, at any of the shows? Yeah. It did get, yeah. It's, isn't oh, it no, great no, I didn't that get it see exists? It. I didn't get to see the shows. I get, I, 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 but I watched the the video about it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, uh, well, it's kind of, it's, I, I can't, I can't get it mostly because there's no way I could even get it to my studio unless I hired a crane, because I have one of these typical London houses in that it's got a stairwell that's about about this wide ah. and has has at least three turns you know <laughs> so, like so I, I bought an American taking the fridge out. when I moved in yeah when I first moved in I bought an American sized fridge and they couldn't get down the stairs and so I had to had to had to return it and get a British sized fridge which is a much narrower fridge <laughs> but I've got all this space for a fridge just no way to get it here and then even all the stuff I get in my studio I got in because my previous neighbor had a garage and we were able to bring things in through the garage and then take down my fence and then bring it into the studio but now the new neighbor has built out his garage as like a bedroom and kitchen so you, you could never leave that's it you're, you're basically leave. bricked in <laughs> that's right but when i saw this my first thought was was well it might fit through a doorway but that's about as far as it would get in my house i would it would be stuck at the top of the entry stairs and I, and then <laughs> it'd be fun to play with up there i guess but it is beautiful it. god that thing is beautiful is you know it's it's a it's a piece of furniture it's a piece of art that's really what it is it's a piece of art and you know tom makes obviously fantastic stuff and he has the best business card in the business i don't know have you ever seen his business card before it's actually a circuit board. Ah, no, I, I was kind of because there was a bunch of business cards going around which were just 
would were were quite rude, and I wonder whether that was one of his. <laughs> but uh, no, his his is actually a, it's a it's a it's a circuit board, and it's got his name printed on it as if you know, like printing you'd see on a regular circuit board, and it it's it looks fantastic. <laughs> that, um, yeah, don't want to give too many of those out. They uh, cost a fortune, wouldn't they? You know, you know I, I know, I blowing, know. <laughs> I've blown the budget on business cards. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, my old business card used to have actual gold leaf embossing on it. And I, I remember every time I'd hand it, I'd go, there goes a pound. <laughs> there goes another pound. <laughs> there goes another pound. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully it was worth it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this, but back to the, back to the Colossus. That is a Colossus. The thing's huge. Oh, my God, it's huge. Was it 24 oscillators? It's uh, got a, twelve. It's a, I think it's twelve oscillators actually. Twelve oscillators. Yeah. And I thought it was. I thought it was more expensive. I thought it was twenty-eight grand. Twenty-five grand. Oh, excellent. I think. Well, I'm in. Maybe. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. I've got it here. Uh, it says fourth Colossus run is production available for purchase, priced at twenty-five thousand, yeah. excluding yeah. tax. So, uh, well, it's going to be about twenty-nine with plus VAT, isn't it? Something like that, directly yeah. from Analog Solutions with shipment direct to the customers' doors. Uh, yeah, so you, you if if you're interested in getting one, you have to put down a down payment of six and a half grand, and also have the space uh, to do it. I mean, you know, it's it's. I, I wonder if Ty ordered one because the sort of thing that Ty does. But I I think even he might draw the line there. I mean, I think he could get it into his house, but I don't think he could actually put it in his studio because he it would take up an entire wall, and he's he's light on space. So uh, I'm not yeah. sure Ty would have one to be honest. Um, I'm I'm too tired on space. Not just getting it in here, but actually being in here. I, I literally would not have the room for something like that, and I couldn't. I couldn't just justification. The no, it's difficult. Yeah. It? Oh, wow. I gosh. <laughs> I could it'd be great to have a. It'd be great. So this the fourth run. Is it? Is it fourth run? As in, it's not the fourth one. It's the no. It's the fourth, fourth production run. run. Of, so okay. I'm just trying to think. So how many per? You know, let's say there's ten in a run. So that's. That's mm -hmm. you know I'm guessing, even if it costs fifteen grand in parts, that's ten grand clear on each one. Nice work, mm -hmm. good business yeah. model. Good business. I know. Model. Man, I don't know how long they take. Great job. I I can't imagine making something. Certainly in the seventies, you know, when when you know, or sixties and seventies, and with the first Moogs and Buklas and so forth, but you know, making a synth that pricey like or not not it's not so much that it's expensive it's just it's so much of a synth that it can't quite be it it can it can almost make like you can almost get the sound of it with I, things I, that are I, I, yes I, I suspect the thing is with something like that is if you turn it on if you own one and you and you use it you're going to be in the situation which you sometimes are with synthesizers, modular synthesizers, where you feel like you should use it, but you don't want to mess the patch that took all that time to, to use. So you'd end up using it kind of out, out of guilt rather than out of maybe creative choice, you know. So I think there's there's something to be said for uh, for for smaller. I mean, yeah, if, I had, if money was no object, I mean, sadly, it is most of the time for most of us. So, yeah, it, yeah it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how, uh, as Ascension says in the chat room, how much is a CS80 these days? Uh but about, well, I think there's 10, 12, 15. It but depends on the quality. Yeah, so uh, you need two. But um, there was a pit, actually, Kent Spong, who is uh, one of the UK's sort of most famed uh, CS80 uh, refurbishers. Uh, he had, he also does big other big policies. He had, he had four, or was it five Jupiter 8s just 
stretched out in front of him. And that was, you know, they're about 10 each. So that's a lot of cash, you know. It seems yeah. inconceivable to me that you'd spend that much on a synthesizer. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't even, I think, I don't know what the most expensive they have here is, but it's nothing near that. I mean, I have some older collectible ones, you know, that are kind of pricey, but that's only because they're collectibles. Even yeah, those exactly. rarely get used. They rarely get used because I'm afraid to turn them on and let anything heat up too much. <laughs> yeah, well, be, that's the other thing. So, you know, things are going to crack, you know. Um, wow, that is, it's a lot of money for a synth. It's a lot of money for a synth. I guess yeah. you could do with tw with a uh, twelve with with twelve oscillators. You can do additive synth synthesis to some degree. Yeah, a lot of accuracy. It feels a bit excessive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> bit, anyway, it you can, if you want one, you can get one. They're available. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess we have to sort of move on to some more sad news now. Uh, obviously, it was a bit of a rough week for. Well, it's been a rough month so far for for kind of. Legendary people passing over. We started off with uh, Chick Corea, uh, who um, uh, is, you know, for many, a very influential pianist, a jazz musician, uh, kind of really one of the pioneers of jazz fusion back in the 60s. Played with Miles Davis, played with a number of different people. Famously uh, teamed up with Stanley Clark for a very long period of time. Uh, lovely bloke as well. I, it, his music didn't necessarily speak to me in the same way as perhaps other other musicians, but I know it's really important. And he passed away from a very rare uh, illness, uh, a, a very sad thing. But also uh, we have uh, uh, the news that Mr. Rupert Neve, um, he passed away. I mean, he was 94, so it feels like, you know, he, he probably got a lot of stuff that he needed doing in his life done. And a very interesting guy. Started off in the engineers in the uh, in the Second World War. You know, he's really Well, the interesting able. thing is, I and recall... And this is the man himself. The past, ...is the way things changed very rapidly. This is him As talking about his... Uh, um, the disc into tape, and we went from single-track tape... Technology to has changed since the 60s, where, like many uh, great... Um, great sort of technical pioneers started by taking uh, radios apart, uh, which is, is it's good to see that that old that old chestnut's still there. I know Charles. I I, I don't know whether Chick career is uh, it features heavily in your musical kind of past, but I know for a lot of people he really really does. And Neve certainly is. You know, a lot of people have got some Neve stuff. So yeah, I, I saw Chick career perform in. Uh, I actually I don't want to say what year it was, but because it show my age a little too much. But <laughs> but it was it was quite a while back. Um, I think it was him and Michael Brecker, and right. um, bass player uh, was Eddie Gomez. Okay, I gosh I can't remember. The thing is, like I, I love the I loved watching him play, but I just. I, I'm just not really into the more fusion jazz stuff mm. uh, just because I, I, I love songs. I love, you know, I love me melodies that are very memorable. I really appreciate ability to play and so forth, but I, I'm just more into melodies. But he was very influential to so many people that I work with. So I, I that was that was the that was the first thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd heard about uh what I used to, so I studied jazz for for a while, but it was it was mostly jazz that centered around, you know, things from from the real book, which is mostly like jazz standards and 
He yeah, wrote a few. He, he got a few standards in the in there as well. Uh, just yeah. a, a fun fact: uh, Peter Marcella, uh, SY90, the Yamaha SY99 had a demo floppy by Chick Corea. Now there is Ooh. that's something pretty kind of random, I must say. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I I'm more of a George Duke guy. George Duke for me uh, had more melody, but mm-hmm. Chick Corea. I mean, his influence and. The, the stuff that he did and the, the influence that he had over an entire generation of musicians is, is you know, you can't overestimate it. It's really, you know, and it's, it's yeah. obviously quite sad because he wasn't that old. And, you know, it's just no. one of those, one of those He things. was working a lot. He was like right up into the, right up into the end, he was working and then suddenly he got ill. And then within a short time he was gone. Well, that's very yeah. sad. And uh, I think. Yeah, he, I th- he'd I stayed think... very active during the, during the pandemic though. Yeah. Yeah, I saw quite a lot of stuff, uh, interviews and whatnot. And Rupert Neve, of course, I mean, very active guy. I mean, real sad. I, uh, you know, I, I don't actually have. I've, ha- I've never have owned any Neve stuff. I don't think I've ever really used Neve stuff apart from maybe in plugin format. I, you know, it's it's that unreachable for me. But I know a lot of people swear by the EQs and the. Uh, the, the mic amps, compressors. I mean, the, I remember going to studios where there were Neve desks, and it was being it was a real a real treat because back in the day, I mean, it was SSL or Neve, and he also invented flying faders. I mean, that was another thing mm-hmm. that he did. It mm-hmm. was his his uh, uh, the first incarnation, and Neve was always the one that you went for uh, because it had a much warmer sound because a lot of the instruments that people were putting into them were very digital. Whereas SSL now, where there's more analog going into it, sort of feel works very well for so. It's a really interesting the way that flipped round, you know, even though the SSLs were considered the best for just mixed recall and production work, the Neves were mm-hmm. the, the tracking consoles that you would just have. I, have you got any Neve modules or inputs in your system? Uh, no, I don't know. Um, I used to own an 8068 console. So I had, a, you know, 24 channels of Neve. Um, and I loved that. I had that when I was in, in the States. Uh, which is ironic. I don't have it here in the country where it was built. <laughs> um, I loved that console. Uh, again, it it was it was really great to use for. Uh, actually, gosh, I'm trying to think. I I think I did a lot of mix work. Yeah, because I I used to work on an 88, and uh, I'm trying to think what we had it. And I, I used to be at Manhattan Center Studios in New York. And I'm trying to remember what we had. It was um, V series. I don't remember the exact model, but it was we have seventy two channels. That was a, it was a nice. big and and a service thing. engineer presumably. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We had we had like a full time staff of like thirty people. Like just there was always always there's always stuff to do. This this is back when Timbaland was doing all of his records there, and so be him and Jimmy Douglas. Those 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 were our big clients at the time. And then we did a lot of uh, we did a lot of broadcast engineering on that. Uh, and then, although downstairs we had the, had an SSL, we had a E series SSL in the cabin studios. Um, I've always been more of an API person, uh, just because I like the sound of the preamps. But uh, the the ten seventy threes from Neve are, are fantastic. I have I have the UAD versions, which I love. Um, I, I, everything everything he made was great. The port I like the Portico. Uh, his DI boxes are great. 
just really great business it's all, it's, ethic. It's all about the Transformers, isn't it? He was one of the sort of pioneers of the of getting the uh, conditioning the power right and getting the Transformers and the use of Transformers in Class yes. A amps. And you know that was his real thing. And that's where he, I think that's where he first started out um, working for Rediffusion and Ferguson before he started his own company. And that was right. Transform. I mean, in fact, <clears throat> I did, because this came in on Saturday night and I just happened to be at a loose end. So I wrote the story up and it, I think I must have been one of the first people just to publish something, which you know it's not a great uh, claim to fame but it's so interesting that there's such a hunger for that that's one of the biggest news items we've had for such a long time because he's i mean his legacy is astonishing and you know the fact he was he was still working at night he lived in texas i believe uh, with his wife mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, he was still working still designing still you know just keeping it keeping it going you know so yeah. what a full and interesting life uh, uh, he had you know and su such a such influence Yes, and that's actually uh, when I when I had my my uh, A sixty eight, I he I actually got to meet him because he came to see the console, and that was when he first moved to Austin. Um, although I think in the end he was in Round Rock, or which is just outside of Austin, or maybe Lake Travis. I can't remember where he moved to, but um, yeah, he, and <laughs> he seemed like a really old guy then. Of course, I was. I was well, he, he, then, so. he has been old for a really long time. I mean, ninety-four yeah. is an ex I mean, exceptional age and astonishing. To to use a, a sonic talk word, a very fulsome life. Fulsome life, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, interesting so. because the the the, the Neves became so because Neve consoles because of the there were so many of them in broadcast facilities. They were one of the first. Um, uh, technologies to become modularized because these places yes. were closing down and people cut them up and put them into uh, custom racks. In fact, there's a guy in Bath, Neil Perry, who uh, used to, that was his, a uh, lot of his business model for a really long time was taking these desks that would be decommissioned and cutting bits, you know, putting bits of them in racks so that you could have a, a stereo channel or a stereo. And, you know, that was, that was when it all started because there was so much of it around. And I guess that's why there's so many Neve, um, rack units and, and mic amps and EQs around the place because nobody really, I mean, Yoad's got a Neve desk, but I, I can't think of anybody else who's got, got that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I'd love to have one. Can't I just, uh, talking about like with the Colossus too, it's, it's one of those things I can't justify the expense. I mean, I have this console here, which I, um, I think is, is beautiful. I love the sound of it and I never really can even justify using it. <laughs> So, because so, so much stuff is recall in in the analog domain, yeah. it's really difficult to do a, a true recall. Okay, everything's just a little bit different each time. So, so well, again, he was uh, didn't he didn't he design the uh, this? Wasn't it the it was the I can't remember. It was there was recall to some of the Neve stuff, but it just recorded where the pots were and threw you up a little picture, and you had to turn all of the yeah. Uh, and press all yeah. the controls, and, and and so you'd recall. It was essentially like a sort of a CFAX version of uh, or teletext version of uh, of taking Polaroids <laughs> yes. of your desk. It just came up as part of the save when you saved the mix. You know, I mean, because back in the day, I mean, I used to use Polaroids. I had a, a Studio Master desk, and I used yes. to just Polaroid it and uh, and put that with the multi track and the notes and everything. And it, it was just a sort of a fancy version of that to begin with. That, <laughs> so. Yeah, that that I I. If, when I use this console, I still do that. I have, in fact, it's just right in front of me. I have a, an iPad and I just stand on this chair, stand over the console, and I just take multiple pictures and just make one big file out of it and then store that in with the session folder. Uh, 
and yeah, I do the same because I have a well, I have my uh, I have a couple a few cents that you know that you can't store patches, so I just it's always taking pictures of things. That's the only way. Uh, yeah, there's actually there's that really cool uh, plugin which I think uh, um, Pro Tools expert or, or production expert did, uh, which just allowed you to so you put a plugin across a track and then you just take a picture and you upload the picture into the plugin and then when the mm -hmm. session gets saved the picture of the the front panel I can't remember what it's called it's a really good idea is it, just dead is it by Blue Cat I think I'm not sure I think, maybe I think it may be the Blue Cat one I, I well there's um you can do there's in Studio One. I mean, I, I, I'm a Pro Tools guy, but also uh, I obviously I use Studio One quite a lot these days. And Studio One has, I think it's in Pipeline. I think you can do that. I haven't done it yet, but I believe you can store pictures in Pipeline, which is their way of accessing. It's a plugin made specifically for accessing external gear. And you can sort of choose where in a chain uh, some external piece of gear fits in with things that are that are internal. Let's have a look. I think I might have found it. It's uh, snaps non-lethal applications. Uh, where is it? Snapshot. Uh, there we go. And you just, yeah. So you just take a picture. Oh yeah, I accept all. And I think they did something with. I think it was uh, in conjunction with um, with maybe Russ from uh, Pro Tools Expert. I can't remember now, mm. but I remember I used it a couple of times on synths when I was setting up. Uh, and I took, but. but as whatever, I mean, I know it, you can take a picture on your phone, but it, it, I don't have a really easy way just to get a photo that I've just taken to my phone unless I put it in an email and then I go onto my email on my phone. You know, it, it's just just that little bit too much of a pain. <laughs> it's, it's not that much of a pain, yeah. but just a little bit too much. Yeah. But uh, hey. I, I, I used to, the other thing I used to do too is uh, I, I, I stopped using it. I mean, I, have, I still have my 16 track tape machine, which I use occasionally. But I, I have actual, um, you know, you remember uh, multi-track tape sheets. Uh, I forgot what they're called. Yeah, multi-tracks. Yeah, multi-track sheets. Yeah, the, yeah, but the actual paper where you have like yeah. squares, uh, and you just you write. Okay, well, that's what's on, here's on what's on what track, and then on the back of it, I've got um, uh, a drawing. It's it's from from the uh, the design drawings from from this console but it's uh it's, but it's it's like uh the it's just a line drawing of all the uh all the knobs and the faders on it so i can go through and just make notes and <laughs> exactly where everything was set up on the console but <laughs> that's like Jeez. so it's yeah. an hour's worth of work right there it's <laughs> funny isn't it because i, I mean I in, in many ways i mean a lot of people are using analog consoles now as sort of summing so in many ways it's like you only need to note the things that have changed. So, you know, if your fader or your gain is down by 2 dB on that channel or maybe the pan setting or you might have a, a high pass or something on it, but the rest of it is just going to be through. You might bypass most of the yeah. stuff, I guess. That That's mostly what I, I... I will track through this console sometimes, but I mostly, uh, when I'm mixing, I, I treat it like a summing mixer. I don't really... I don't really... I don't really do the mixing per se on here because all the all the volume moves, all the the like really fine, like the the sort of surgical EQ moves or surgical EQ uh, changes, I should say, are all done within you know, in the box. So yeah. I, I won't I won't I won't actually I'll use the EQ on here sometimes just to sweeten things, but that's about it. I don't do anything anything particularly heavy handed. It's great sounding console. 
It also heats up the room, as I've probably yeah, mentioned well, a few times. Yeah, I mentioned, yeah. Well, I, I must admit, I could do with it here. I've got this little radiator that they lent me from uh, downstairs. But uh, the, yeah, the PCB went on this really old boiler that we've got here, which is in really amazing condition. But, you know, the, the plumber came and said, We'll never get a we'll never get a replacement part for that. It'll cost a oh. fortune. You know, it's like twenty five years old. And I went on eBay and just said, you know, blah 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 PCB. And it went, yep, reconditioned ones, thirty quid. I was like, yes. All right. <laughs> so it just arrived. So I'm really pleased. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, it's like the it's like the Neve console of uh, of uh, heating uh, appliances. I think you know. Yeah. Worcester ball. I, I, it's a Worcester. You know, earlier you in when yeah, I I'm sorry, I'm pointing to where the chat is. Um I I, I just saw it for a flash and someone had made a comment like I need more sense with larger power supplies to heat my room up. It's like, yeah, I've kind of got that in the console here. It, it heats this heats the room up. Hell, even this this iMac or iMac Pro rather, it that heat it does heat the room up. It it gets nice and warm. I don't know why, just blows a lot of heat i'm doing well, all, LED, my, um, LEDs, all my plug-in processing uh, lcds can get pretty warm um the the monitors we got over here the big dell ones or hp ones that they're, they're quite thick and they generate quite a lot of heat actually uh, the ips panels yeah. i think they've just got more light behind them. i mean even if it you know it's not masses of heat it's not like a, a um, but the rest of the stuff in here is kind of fairly low uh low heat impact it yeah. doesn't really do much Right. Um, let's see if there was. You should call this Sonic there? Sonic Talk heating. Ex- yeah, uh, heating uh, experts. Uh, for, <laughs> heating oh experts. yeah, did we see? Did we see uh, circuit rhythm is a thing. Oh yeah. Um, we talked yes. about circuit tracks last week because that was that was out. That's in the world. I think they're sending me words to review, but uh, they better get a move on because everybody's got all their stuff. So, and we speculated that the circuit rhythm was there as well. Um, but let me see if I can get a bigger image of it. I'm not sure if there's a, yeah, there we go. So we can see, I think we can sample in this one and it, it's yes. just, it looks like it's the same deal, but it doesn't have the synth engine. It's got, look what it looks like, eight sample slots or maybe more, uh, eight voices, uh, sample one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight. Yeah. And you can sample into it. That looks like it could be a cool thing. I, I know some people do or don't get on with these, but I'm, I must admit, I think they really nailed the UI with the kind of circuit, uh, uh philosophy and approach and it's something that uh, i would definitely um keep an eye out for because just making beats is it can it should be fun and if it gets if the technology gets in the way then it's not fun and that's i mean that's actually one of the things i'm finding with the um with the the, the verse lab most of it's really fun but then there's some stuff where you just go how do, what how do i do that don't i do it like that and it's it, it is actually a little bit complicated uh but i'm hoping that with the uh, the circuit, that's probably going to be pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah. I'm a little nervous about something that doesn't... I know I, people love the circuit. Um, I, I've i bought something in the past few years that didn't have a screen. It was my OPZ. And, uh, you know, I love the OP1. And I, I love the sound of the OPZ. And you can have a screen, but you have to Bluetooth it with oh, your phone, uh, yeah. which I, I don't, don't really, really think, want to it, do. Yeah. And I have an old iPad that I can use as a Bluetooth, but then I got to set it up each time. And, you know, because it doesn't have a screen and it, it's a little bit cryptic. Modal. I just it's too I modal, almost never it? use it. Yeah. yeah. That's modal, just, in, not yeah. as in modal electronics modal, but modal as in everything has its own sort of, uh, it's like the MV, yeah. you know, the, 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 there are all these different modes that you're in. It's like on sampling on here, I can, that there, now let me see. If you've got up to two looper, like the MC707, you've got two looper tracks. Uh, that can be assigned, but you have to tell it in another 
completely in the on the input section how long you want each loop to be and if you forget that you've only got one bar and the only way to change it is to sort of come out of the mode you're in and go into another mode change that change the length and then when you come back and you've recorded a loop and you go actually I only need four of those bars you can't truncate the sample or anything then you can record a sample in it, which is uh, much longer. But as far as I could tell, you can't record a sample while something's playing. So you can't play something in time as a sample, which is, again, really... But then you've got another way, which is the vocal tracks, which are very cool, which give you 700-odd mm -hmm. seconds or 3-8-something or three in stereo, where you just record, you know, like clips, and you just drop them on the timeline. But... That only works in song mode. It doesn't work in any of the other... So there's all these kind of like, yeah, but if you want this, then you have to do it that way. And if you want that, you have to do it this way. And then that doesn't work in this way. But if you want that, you have to do it that, which means you've got to... It's just... It's it's quite... It's a little bit uh, on the uh, frustrating side, actually, I must admit. So I'm ho I, was, I was hoping I could... I could uh, re easily do stuff. But the one thing I was able to do on the vocal stuff, you know, you record a bunch of stuff. So I was recording a monosynth and recording individual notes and you can have up to mm -hmm. 16 clips in the vocal phrase playing at the same time. So you've got a 16 voice like stem launcher effectively, which actually is oh. really cool, but it only plays over the entire arrangement. Not, you don't link it to an individual section. So again, it's sort of this modal operation is just a little bit... Yeah, uh, like I said, if the, if if the if if they just included some sort of rudimentary screen, I know it'd be would have been a lot more expensive, of course. But it is five hundred dollars anyway. But the uh, that opens out. I would I would use it a lot more. I do I do love the sound of it. Uh, it's it can it has a great sound. It's it's quite unique. Well, but it's, it's, it's kind of like a very, very old computer. It was amazing that they got people into space using EVACs <laughs> or whatever, but nobody really <laughs> wants to code in such an arcane and unpleasant fashion. I mean, yeah, you, you know, yes, you can do all sorts of amazing things, but nowadays you wouldn't really want to do it that way anymore because there are other ways to do things which are uh, less... F have less friction, shall we say, in the yeah. in, in the routing and the creativity. Good yeah. choice of words there. I like that. Yes, less friction. Well, that's right? that's, that's, the thing. that's, that's what the, I want my life to be. Like, yeah. Well, friction. I know that. Well, the we, me and Gaz did a piece on the OPZ ages ago, and uh, I was just really grumpy because everything seemed so obscurely difficult to achieve. Amazing mm -hmm. that it could achieve it all in something the size of you know what it is, but it's just so irritating to use. And I just thought, well, that doesn't yeah. really. That doesn't make yeah. me feel creative. It makes me feel annoyed, and that's not yeah. where I want to be. <laughs> that's exactly really. right. Exactly right. Uh, but you know, there there are other other. Well, like I guess with the with the, um, it, this is true for the new arterial synth. But the uh, which one is this? Matrix brute. Matrix yeah, brute. Yeah. My my memory. Uh, with the matrix brute. Yes, the only screen you have are the two LED numbers, but I mean, technically, the whole front panel is a big screen because there's so there's informational feedback that makes sense. Yeah, and it, and I, I I that was that is my concern. I, I know a lot of people love love the circuit, but my. My well, you do get yeah. The status stuff is pretty good, but I mean, that's because the deluge do that really well because they've got sixty four. Uh, mm -hmm. I think no more. I I think it's more, maybe one hundred and twenty eight buttons, and they're using animations, and they they use that really cleverly and really intelligently, and that's yeah. why a lot of people. I know Dominic uses that a lot, and he really mm -hmm. raves raves about it and uh, says it. So a I great love my my. 
my uh, push too. I love that. That that has great feedback and and I love it's you know it's not a huge screen, but there's a lot of good information on there. Sometimes it's a little tricky to find your way around things, but it push too. I still love it. And yeah, it has uh, MPE as well. <laughs> I'm still I'm still a bit disappointed that there are no buttons. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're all pads, but the button it's just there. Everything has to be done on the scroll, and I find that just not well. There busy. there are buttons on it. I but mean, not, but they don't do the things I want them to do. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean there there are there there are yeah. There's no, there are no assignable, but or not. Yeah, I guess. The th buttons. I guess the thing is, I guess the thing is, is it, it? You know, if you if you know it and you work it, then yeah, great. I just suppose the thing is, is you know, it's investing the time in an unusual or an an interface that is unlikely to yield any skills that you can use elsewhere. I suppose is what yes. I I yes. get frustrated by. Oh, and another another thing about uh, the. The circuit rhythm, the circuit general. So this is not really their problem. This is my problem. I just don't have any more space for something that sits on a desktop because I don't have nearly enough desktop space. I've got, you know, that seems to be the, the goal of everything these days is to be able to put it on the top of a table. But, you know, between my push, what, stream well, deck, the you organelle. Need, you need one of those kind of uh, massive rotating tables, like a Lazy Susan that you used to have, you know, that, those things which you have dips and you spin them around to, to the dip you require. If you have a table that big and then you just have each quadrant is, is you know, a different, oh, yeah. you could just kind of go. Just whoosh, put, put all the things you love on there. It would be a Lazy Susan of love almost. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's a good title, actually. That could work. Um, could work. <laughs> it could work. But, um, yeah, what I've, what I've done is I, I buy... I buy lots. I have lots of spare too. Uh, rack drawers, just you know, just a, a shelf that slides out. So my, I don't know if you can. Yeah, you probably oh can yeah, see I can it. see. So I have uh, that. And then underneath it, I've got my OP one and my OPZ. My organelle. Uh, so have you up have there, multi. I, you have multi-tiered drawers. Yeah. So I've I've uh, in this one I have three drawers, and then in that rack over there, I've got another drawer that's got my four-track cassette. Machine oh, that's and good my idea. chaos pad. Yeah, I just I just I slide it out as I need it, and then push it back in when I don't need to look at it. It's yeah, it's a lot handier than trying to than keeping the OP one here and the OPZ here and the keyboard and you know you know the and it, you, I, I need to find like I had that um, that uh, TC Electronics the the what is it called? Gosh, I can't remember the names of anything. The Helicon Performance, no, Perform VK. Helicon Perform VK, the little vocal processor. Oh, yeah. Um, which I, I think is a great, 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 great little unit. But it's a bit tall. And so it eats up so much uh, rack uh, height. So I'd have to have something equally as tall as that to stick on there. But that is a, ah, that is a cool piece of kit, by the way. It's it's like it's better. It's like it's the J, J, uh, Jacob Collier sort of uh, toy. That <laughs> I think that's how. Yeah, I think he does a lot of his harmonies using that sort of stuff. It's it's great. Sounds oh, great. Has a uh, yeah. It's really cool. In fact, I oh, was originally going to use clip that on a mic stand there as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see if I. Interesting. I just, yeah. So and then with mine, I've just got um. I put Velcro on the bottom of it, and then it's just and like I can sit here, and it's not going to go anywhere. So, but I, I like it. It it uh it's a bit bright, but they they fixed that. They did a software update, so now it's it's just 
it, when I first got oh, what, it, bright it as on, in like, lightwise. God, yeah, it's just the LEDs were so bright, which is a weird problem. Yeah, but it was it was the brightest thing in the room, and I like I like things to be relatively dark in here, so I can be. It helps me focus on the on the music a lot more when if nothing's too bright. So it's great though. It's a great great device. I think I I first heard about that one from uh, maybe from um, uh, uh, Red Means Recording. Uh, he he was playing around with another version. Another version. It was like the I think a yellow version of this. They have a bunch of different kinds. This is the one that you can. It's meant for playing a synth into it and you know working as like a mini mixer and stuff like that. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they'll have like different. There's like four of them or three of them, and they have different sort of purposes. But it's it sounds great though. It's, it really sounds great. It, they, especially the low heart. Like you do like a an octave down. It really sounds very. It's digital, but it's convincing, if that's possible. Maurice. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's very deep. I, I can't quite do it. No, I, My I, voice I doesn't go that low. Well, Charles, thank you. Uh, um, nice little extra tidbit there. I've never uh, come across that one. I remember some of the other Helicon stuff, and it was always very impressive the way that it would read the pitch from your guitar or something, and it would help. You know, figure out what the harmonies were so yeah yeah um okay well i think it's probably time to uh let you go now i thought i appreciate you very much uh hanging out on your own and uh holding the fort with me but uh we were having other guests but uh, very much last minute <laughs> last minute change um um but charles has been uh, it's been great to have you on so thank you very much for joining us uh Glad as to be ever on. You're always welcome and don't forget if you really uh want to you can uh uh, oh, I don't know why my it keeps going down. My uh, my input keeps going down. I'm gonna have to fix that. Uh, Isotope, obviously, if you want to check out the um, well, I'll pull it up. You can see the other third anyway. Isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk. Save ten percent on all Isotope products with the code Sonic Ten. Um, but that's it for this week. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, that was Sonic Talk episode uh, th 567, uh, I believe. Six, no, 657. I got, I, I got all those numbers right, just in the wrong order. Um, but yes, thank you. <laughs> so we'll get to 750 soon, gosh. And then there'll be, there'll be a, a thousand one day, but not yet. That's it for this time. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time. That's it for this week. Take care now. Bye-bye.